everyone. Hi, hello. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I will bring my guest in in a moment. And I just have to take a moment to thank him for listening to me babble about my own <laughs> personal problems unprofessionally. And I know you're thinking it's a podcast. I loved it. It's a podcast. Everyone babbles about their own stuff. That's the point of a podcast. But I feel like this was even another level beyond that. Before we started, I was just like, um, <laughs> here's why I might seem a little off my game and then I just vomited my own and then like when a person vomits and they're done I'm done and then just even more came out and it's not like we have all day so I would like to thank him for listening to that because wow anyway I'll bring him in in a moment he's he hasn't arrived yet even though you just heard his voice that was that was a drop I played (laughs) I'm just kidding everyone knows my habit of making the person sit there uncomfortably. No, I'm glad we heard his voice. Um, <laughs> bring him in in a moment. But first, I must chat with the bad boy of podcasting, Tony Thaxton. Hello, Tony. Hi, Allison. I feel uh, like, uh, oh, well, we, go ahead. You go I ahead. I was just going to say, <laughs> it is much. Thank you very much. I was going to say, I'm also overly caffeinated. How do you feel about the new title bestowed upon you by our guest who may or may not be here already? Uh, yeah, well, the listener doesn't know that he referred to me as the, I believe it was the most dangerous man in podcasting, I think he said. I think that is amazing, and I yeah. think you should own that. I think, um, yeah, it's true. I have, I am, uh, you can't see them. They're just off camera, but I'm surrounded by weapons. I have lots of <laughs> knives around here. And uh, yeah, so I'm just, it makes sense. It checks out. Yeah. That's right. That's how you edit with actual knives. Uh huh. Oh, I do. I, I do actually have a knife right here. I forgot. <laughs> it started what, as what a joke, you, and I was like, oh, that's a knife. What are you doing with a switchblade? Uh, Being dangerous. Uh, well, <laughs> sorry. Now it's a, kind of a sad answer. Is it Neil's? Uh, yeah, it was, it was Neil Mahoney's. Um, so yeah, at, at his memorial, they, had like because he was obsessed with he really was obsessed with knives and had tons of them for whatever reason and, and he really uh, was an editor yeah yeah and they had and uh, jonah had a, a like box of neil's knives and just kind of like people were welcome to take one if we wanted at the memorial so i took one of them well it works sorry to bring it down <laughs> that's okay that's serendipity because yeah. you are dangerous now and you that's have right. a knife that's right what were you going to say to me before I interrupted you? Oh, I was going to say that I feel like I feel like I have a slight bone to pick with you now because I feel like anytime we have guests on the show and then you find out later that this guest now started had started talking to me off show. Oh, oh, I know what I, you're going to say. I feel like now the tables have turned. I think I think um if it wasn't obvious from the episode if people heard it. I think maybe Allison and I both kind of want to be best friends with RJ City now. Okay, let me back up cuz I feel like you <laughs> you might have glossed over that. So, I and I'm leaning into this hard. I am owning the fact, just like you're owning being dangerous, I'm owning the fact that I'm really a petty person. <laughs> I'm just a petty person. And when 
it's come to my attention that a lot of people take a liking to Tony. <laughs> and then after, and then they have their own, like, they'll come on the show or they'll listen to the show there. And then they'll strike up conversations with Tony, which is okay. But then I'm like, what is going on? They're drawn I don't, I, do I, I maybe, do I feel like I own him? It's weird. Maybe <laughs> I do. I don't know. But I'm always surprised or as came up on a recent show, bumped. And then it surprised. bumped me. That, Should I be offended by that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't mean surprised that they want to talk to you. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know that I, I did. I, did I want them to ask per, my permission? I don't know. I just feel like, how did I get cut out of this? I don't know. Just, uh, behind my back talking to Tony? What's happening? I mean, I can't control these people. I know. They're out of control, Tony. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So you, because it's Tony's picks on the Thursday show, booked wrestler RJ City, which has kicked off. Look, I'm I'm it's WrestleMania Allison. I'm all about <laughs> I'm I only tweet about wrestling now. I'm all about wrestling. <laughs> I think. And I want to have him on a Monday show. Yeah. So, and you and I talked about it. Mm-hmm. So I thought to myself, I could say to Tony, well, I even said to you something about, I wonder if you want to come on a Monday show. Yeah. Now you did. did not pick up the ball and say, look, uh, petty, petty person making it your <laughs> fault. You, you didn't, you didn't say, oh, let me ask him. Well. I you know. know. I, didn't ask I think at that point we hadn't even recorded the first episode yet. You had just watched some of his show and immediately were a fan. No, so. we had recorded the first episode. Oh, had we? Okay. Yeah, it was right All after. Right. Not important. I, anyway. I think you're wrong. I'm going to have to check the text and we'll let, we'll let the listeners know on the Thursday I show. invite you to check the text. <laughs> All right. I'm ready. Uh, I invite you. <laughs> Formal invitation issued. It was a paperless post. It's a step up from Evite, I believe. And uh, guest list suppressed. Anyway, uh, so I thought, or I could just DM RJ. But is Tony going to, is that okay with Tony? And I really thought that. And I don't know (laughs) if that makes it better or worse. But then I just DM'd him. And like, he does he live on Twitter like I do? I know, it does seem like he does, because he's always a very fast responder. Before I hit send, he had already responded. So anyway... (laughs) I guess you have a bone to pick with me now about this. <laughs> I just felt like I needed to to call you out on it because you always raise such a a fuss about when people <laughs> contact me. So I just wanted to do the same to you. That doesn't. I don't care. He's a del- he's a delightful dude. So that raising a fuss that doesn't sound like me at all. <laughs> hey, my friends are your friends. Yeah. See, I can share. <laughs> he is a delightful dude. He's apparently going to potentially hook us up with more wrestlers. I'm telling you, Tony, <laughs> it makes it's surprising to everyone, but I am making the pivot to wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I knew it was a, a slightly <laughs> weird choice. I was like, I know you've had you had Alexa Bliss on in the past, but I was like, yeah, I know for you, wrestling kind of a weird guest for the show. But I knowing enough about him and knowing him a little bit, I was like, I feel like he's going to be a great fit for the show. And, and little did was. I know you're madly crazy about it. Madly i'm nuts crazy, for so wrestling think, yes <laughs> i think i also a little bit we didn't i didn't bring this up because i feel like it's so touchy but i think i ran afoul of the wwe a tiny bit on the alexa bliss interview because a guest asked a question about 
the uh, potential exploitativeness of the WWE and like the wrestlers' health and stuff. And she gave a very diplomatic answer. Yeah. But it still got a lot of press in like wrestling publications and things. And I was like, I can't imagine oh, they're really? happy. Uh, yes, happy about this. And then I wanted to get Mike the Miz on. And uh-huh. they would never re- return my emails. You know what? Yeah. So I'm like, I am persona non grata to them. Yeah. That's a WWE. If I want to be queen of wrestling podcast, should I, do we have to cut that out? Or do you think that's okay now that I'm making the pivot to AEW? Uh, yeah, I, I think just stick to AEW. Okay. That's, that's the better thing. But also, Listen. hey, we have a guest. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know me. Once I start talking about wrestling, it's all I think about. I am so excited to welcome back to the show. Three-time champion. That's a wrestling term. Uh, this is his third time returning to the show. He is a journalist. He is a, I was going to say novelist, but they're not novels, but they're novel-length books. Uh, he's editor-at-large for Esquire, unless it's GQ. It's Esquire, right? <laughs> Do a nod if it's Esquire. Yes, it's Esquire. Um, and his new book, he's written so many books, but we're going to get into all the different books. So I'm not going to name them right now. His new book is The Puzzler, One Man's Quest to Solve the Most Baffling Puzzles Ever, from Crosswords to Jigsaws to the Meaning of Life. Please put your hands together for AJ Jacobs. Hello. Thank you. Hello. Oh. Hello. Welcome back to the show, AJ. Thank you for having me. And listen, if you want, I will not talk to Tony. I will not <laughs> even acknowledge he exists, if that would make wow. you feel better. Oh, my God. That's such a gift. Thank you. Um, No, you are free to talk to Tony. See, this is what I like. Someone passing it by me. I give you carte blanche to talk to Tony. I don't know what you're going to get out of it, but go for it. All right. Thanks. All right. That I I feel like I'm liberated. Thanks. All right, Tony. <laughs> after the show. That's right. Talk to you. Yep. We'll do All some uh, FaceTiming. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about wrestling, Allison. <laughs> oh, my God. Right under my nose. So, AJ. Okay. Um, so, I believe I last had you on in... 20, either 2017 or 2018, uh, as discussed between you and me during my pre-show vomiting of me being off my game because uh, of all sorts of things happening, I feel I did not give you the best introduction. You have written a number of books. You are what I would call – now, see, I, th- and I think we went through this last time perhaps – either like an immersion journalist or a stunt journalist, you choose uh, a topic and you immerse yourself in a world. You give yourself a challenge for a long stretch of time and then you write a book about it. And it's like kind of my favorite type of journalism, um, whether oh. it's just an article about it or a book about it. I, I love it. I love it. It's uh, It's so fun to read. It's fascinating. So you immerse yourself in the world of puzzles before the pandemic st- started even and i was thinking like what a what a boon that all the wordle stuff happened probably after you started this project yes oh not only did it happen yeah i started the project before the pandemic because i've always loved puzzles and then the pandemic came and like jigsaws or like ellen degeneres is doing them and uh you can't find them they're like hand sanitizer they're like oh my god it's a huge thing and then towards the end, I'd actually closed the book. We had like 
finished the book and then Wordle came and I begged my editor, like, we got to reopen it. And so she let us reopen it and I inserted the word Wordle. So literally that's our coverage of Wordle <laughs> is that there is the word Wordle in there. Okay. So it says like at night I do the New York Times crossword and Wordle. So now if people say, you know, oh, it's about puzzles like Wordle. Oh, yeah. Wordle's in there. Wordle's in there. So. <laughs> well, it's so comprehensive. But it's got every other puzzle, every other puzzle. <laughs> um, so, so, okay. So what I want you to do, this is a puzzle of sorts. You've written so many mm. books. Let's just go, go through them a little bit. Year of Living Biblically, where you tried for a year to live your life by the principles put forth in the Bible. Uh, exactly. Which meant of one like, of them, meaning you could not have contact with a menstruating, you could not touch a menstruating woman. So your wife, you remember she, that. She, exactly. was ang- she was angry. She sat on all the chairs in the house. So you couldn't sit anywhere. <laughs> Excellent <laughs> right? memory. Yeah. She was <laughs> menstruating and yeah, if you take the Bible really literally, you cannot sit on a seat where a menstruating woman was sat because it's impure. So she's like, all right, fuck that. And she <laughs> sat in every seat in our apartment. And I will say this, one thing, people focus a lot on the menstruation, but the Bible also has a rule that, that men are impure for a day after they ejaculate, oh. which is not paid attention to in modern days at all. But I was doing it literally, so I would have to, you know, if a guy wanted to shake my hand, I would have to say, I'd be interested, but can you tell me, have you ejaculated in the last 24 hours? And uh, and then often they wouldn't answer. I don't know. It was, uh, it seems, <laughs> it seems like some information that I, I guess people are not willing to share. Yeah. But anyway, I just wanted to make that clear that it wasn't just menstruation. Right. It's also ejaculation. Right. Um, well, I like that. What a progressive tome the Bible is really, when you think about it. Uh, there you go. Exactly. And then you did the know-it-all where you tried to read the entire Encyclopedia Britannica. Right. Um, Not just tried. You I did. Finished. You finished. I got up to the the Zivich. That's the last word. Zivich. Z y w i e c. A city in Poland, where actually very close to where my ancestors came from. So you know, it all tied together. What level of retention do you feel like there is? I would say point zero 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 one percent, somewhere around <laughs> That's there. That's still a lot, though. Thank you for saying so. I know people are always like, oh, so it was wasted. I'm, no, no, there's still, you know, there was so much shit in there that yeah. even a tiny percentage. I mean, the, the downside is a lot of what I remember is stuff I wish I didn't remember, like that, uh, opossums have 13 nipples or, uh, Rene Descartes has a, had a fetish for cross-eyed women. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so that stuff is, is in there. I will say, the one thing that that does stay with me, that does make my life better, it really has value, is I read about all of human history, and it became clear to me that life sucked. I mean, life life can suck now, and it certainly does in many ways, but the good old days were not good. The good old days were just 
horrible. They were yeah. sexist, racist, dangerous. You, you know, half of women died in childbirth. Uh, there was shit everywhere. It was smelly. It sucked. Yeah, the King of England, King Henry VIII, had an open sore on his leg that was so smelly, like people would gag. This is the King of England. Mm. Like, so if he has that, right? Like, imagine. So yeah, the past. So that's whenever I hear people say, like, uh, you know, make America great again, or have nostalgia for some distant, wonderful past. I'm like, no, you know, we got a lot of problems now. But do not go back right. because things were not good. And that is a very actually uplifting message that I took away. Yeah, at least our sores smell clean. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> uh, wait, I was just going to. Oh, no, I had a question. I'm was, here. I'm not doing anything. It was right there. What was it? Tony, what was it? Uh. Probably. Oh, I know what it was. Yeah, there you go. Okay. You got it. <laughs> the odd nipple on the possum, where is it? It's in a circular pattern. So what? I, uh, yeah, it's like 13 in a, in a nice circle. Oh, my gosh. So, That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's an, yeah. So maybe I am happy that I remember that. I shouldn't be so negative. Did you maybe watch I, Westworld? I watched the first season. So Did they you know have that- circular nipples? No, it's not a nipple thing, but I'm thinking like that pattern that they kept finding, that circular maze thing that was supposed to indicate. I don't know if you remember it. The like. I don't remember. Okay, there was this circular like tracing maze thing that I think was supposed to like somehow indicate the bicameral mind, but they kept finding it. The hosts were finding it in various places. That's what I'm picturing when I picture. You know what? I can Google this and I don't know what I'll find, but I'll find these. (laughs) These circular I nipples. Would, I mean, the, the thirteen are in a in a circular pattern, is what you're saying, right? That's my understanding. I've never seen them in person, okay. and I I actually haven't googled it. But uh, uh, listen, after the show, you and I will both Google yeah. it and compare. Because I was, I'd be. I was thinking it was sort of like you know a normal normal right. listen listen to me uh <laughs> putting judgment in there like a dog's belly where there's like you know on each side and then there's just rose. a 13th somewhere yeah rose right, but the, right, you know the odd right. one out but no that's not how it is i guess that's right you are very narrow-minded in your feel, nipple orientation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i've always said that about her <laughs> that's what they say i get so many reviews of my podcast that just harp on that so what i so here's this is where this has all been headed instead of me recapitulating your books which is really just me trying to impress you with my knowledge of your books could you please and maybe you've already done this i want you to like rank them in some kind of order but i haven't decided do i want you to rank them in the order of for you personally most pleasurable Mm. experience to least pleasurable or most difficult to least difficult or like just your favorite to least favorite. You can choose whichever, whichever of those appeals to you. I like that. Okay. Well, let's do the, um, the pleasant versus unpleasant. I like that. The experience. Right. I mean, we already, we are, we already talked about the Bible was probably the hardest. Okay. You know, I had the menstruation stuff. I had the beard. I will say there are positives to everything. So, you know, the serious side of that one was trying to be a better person. Like, don't lie, don't covet, don't gossip. Also very difficult. Uh, but in the end, 
may be overall a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Then you had another one that was, um, that was hard was when I tried to be the healthiest person alive. And that was drop dead uh, healthy. So that was drop dead healthy. So I had, you know, I changed my diet. I changed my exercise and my sleep and the way I went to the bathroom. Cause this was actually right before the whole, what's that called? Squatty the um, potty. squatty potty. So this was, I was sort of on the cutting edge of that. And I actually, it was, I went farther because there are ones that make the squatty potty look kind of lame. Like it's a, a contraption you can put over your toilet. Oh, right. Like to make it like a hole in, in the ground. Right. Make it like, you know, sort of a developing nation type toilet. Uh, and mm-hmm. so I did that, which my wife did not like. So that didn't <laughs> last that long. Uh so that was very challenging. Again, there were good parts. Uh, one of the good takeaways from that was that it's not healthy to be overly obsessed with your health. Mm. Like if you are so obsessed with having just the right meal and that you can't go out with your friends and have a drink, it, having a close-knit group of friends or colleagues or family, that is just as important as going to the gym three times a week or whatever. So... So anyway, that made me feel good. Like, don't obsess over being too healthy. Uh, I did one that was, uh, the one right before this was called Thanks a Thousand, Mm -hmm. where I went around the world and tried to thank everyone who had even the smallest role in making my morning cup of coffee. So I thanked the barista in my New York coffee shop, and I went to South America, and I thanked the farmer who grew the coffee beans. But there are tons of people, literally thousands of people in between. The the guy who drove the, the truck that carried the coffee beans, the guy who made the road, so the or woman, I shouldn't say guy, the the people who made the road for so that the truck could carry the coffee beans, the people who painted the yellow lines in the road so that it didn't get in an accident. So it was, you know, I took it as far as I could. And that was actually it could be very awkward because mm-hmm. you call people and say, hi, I just want to thank you for, you know, making the, uh, the insecticide that, that kept the bugs out of my coffee beans. And a lot of times they would be like, you know, is this a pyramid scheme? What are you trying to do? <laughs> but most of the time, <laughs> most of the time they were actually very, delighted to be thanked because I think people are under thanked Mm -hmm. and then I felt good and they felt good and it was a nice circle and that really was good for my mental health I kind of undertook that because uh you know I am very good at focusing on the three or four things that go wrong every day I've got a very good strong negative bias Mm -hmm. and and this was very good at teaching me how to balance that with the by recognizing the hundreds of things that do go right every day. Uh, so, so, so overall, gratitude. It, awkward, but overall a good thing. Uh, and then this one, I would say the puzzle book was the most fun I've ever had researching because I do love puzzles. I'm a puzzle nerd. And so getting to meet these fellow nerds was a delight. Uh, I mean, it was painful too because some of these puzzles are incredibly sadistic. Like mm-hmm. they just, they want you to cry. Uh, <laughs> but uh, overall, it was, it was a delight. The writing is always, uh, for me, a really unpleasant 
Uh, I was listening to um, to Mike Zacks on your show, who said he actually enjoys sitting alone and t- typing. And I was like, man, I wish that I were like that. I yeah. just find <laughs> the worst. Do you? What do? You, yeah, because you, you're a I, journalist, former. Yeah. Um, no, it's always been a struggle. It's always been a struggle for me. Um, and then I always hit a point where I, I'm like, I feel like I'm fly. I mean, I, maybe it's that flow state that you hear about. I always I sort of turn a corner mm-hmm. where I feel exhilarated or where I would have in the past where I felt exhilarated. Um, I don't do it enough lately to really be able to speak to sort of regularly how I feel. But um, yeah, so no, it was always, always challenging and I always had resistance to it. And then I recently started a newsletter um, and I was really enjoying doing that. And I was like, oh my God, it, it, I really missed regularly writing and this, I really should have been doing it. I almost, I felt feeling sad, not really sad, but like a little bit of, of lament for all the years that I could have been regularly writing. Cause I was writing a little bit every day. And it sort of reminded me of when I started my blog. Um, but then I lost a little bit, bit of momentum on that, although I'm going to get it back. But that, that actually was bringing me a lot of joy, but that's different than something like a book in that that really is almost like writing an email or something. I mean, it's so really, there's really not much structure to it. So I can really just have fun with it and be Mm. silly. You know, there's, I don't have to like hit certain points or anything. And it's also, yeah, it's like your, your side hustle. Like it's not your main thing. Right. Right. So that's nice. Like, yeah, I was like, you know, this book was, you know, 80% of my job. Yes. So, uh, but yeah, what am I complaining? I sound like a, a whiner because I get to write for a living and meet all these crazy, interesting people. So forget I said that. You no, can I, you can I think people, <laughs> I mean, he can if you want, but I think people appreciate the, no, the reality. Yeah, I think people appreciate a, a behind the scenes snapshot, especially someone who, and I'm misery. Yeah. Someone who makes writing look effortless. I think it's nice to know the, the reality that it can be hard sometimes. Oh yeah, definitely not effortless. That yeah. is, uh, yeah, but that, but that's nice. That's nice. I, I hope it, it does read effort. I hope it's effortless to read, so not to write. Your past books were always one man's humbling quest, but this mm. one is just one man's quest. So no, no humbling right. here. No, what happened? I am not humble anymore. I'm <laughs> cocky. I'm cocky and confident. I, <laughs> I don't know. I felt, I felt the humble was there. Uh, you know, uh, I did it in my first book as, uh, just to try to stress that I, uh, I was kidding like, because the t- subtitle was, it was called The Know It All. This uh-huh. is the one where I read the encyclopedia. Right. It was called The Know It All, One Man's Humble Quest to Become the Smartest Person in the World. So I was trying to, uh, to right. telegraph. You know, I don't really think I'm going to be the smartest. Yes. Man um, but uh, but yeah, I felt that I, I had gotten that point across. But I still love the idea of, of like being the most humble person in the world. Like I am the humblest. And in fact, <laughs> did you ever see Pop Star? I was did just you ever thinking see the that same movie thing with Andy Samberg. <laughs> uh-uh. oh, it's amazing. He has that a so hilarious underrated. song. Um, yes, Allison, please I'll see, see it. it. It is been. The, the song and one of the songs is about how he's like 
the king of humility. He is like the <laughs> LeBron James of humility. He's the best, most humble person ever to live. And it's just brilliant. Uh, yeah, it's all right. Funny. I'll see it. Um, so what did you discover then about the relationship between puzzles and the meaning of life? <laughs> well, I do think, yes, because the subtitle is a little uh, over the top. I say it's uh, you know, my, I try to solve the most baffling problem, puzzles from the crosswords to jigsaws to the meaning of life. So I, but I did, I did, I don't know if I solved the meaning of life, but I grappled with it. I, uh, I wrestled. And for me, one of the big themes of the book is curiosity. Mm-hmm. I love curiosity, curiosity and gratitude. Those are my two favorite emotions. And I actually, I once interviewed for Esquire magazine, the, uh, not GQ, uh, the, uh, Alex Trebek, the late great Jeopardy. Yeah. Did you ever meet Alex? Mm-mm. I feel like you would have met him. No? Well, he had a great quote that I always think about because it doesn't really make sense. But <laughs> when I interviewed him, he said, <laughs> but it's great. <laughs> he says, he said, I'm curious about everything, even those things that don't interest me. Like he's curious about boring things. <laughs> right. And I was like, I love that. And I feel the same way. I'm curious about everything. So to me, curiosity really is the meaning of life. So it's almost, it sounds a little pat, but the search for the meaning of life, the search for mm-hmm. what is important in the world, that to me gives my life meaning. So there you go. Solved. <laughs> you did it. Thanks. Uh- now you mentioned sadistic puzzles. What's an example of a sadistic puzzle? Oh yeah, there are tons of them. I mean, the key to me about puzzles is you want a good puzzle, like gives you a little bit of good type of frustration, like a good type of headache, not like a painful headache. And then you have that aha moment. So it's sort of like the revelation and, uh, and that is, a good experience. Yeah. And I think it's the same, like in a movie, you've got the conflict and resolution. So puzzles are the same idea. Uh, but some of these puzzles that, uh, I grappled with, uh, just to give you one example, I went to the, the CIA, the headquarters of the CIA in Virginia. It took me months to get permission. I finally get, because there is one of the great unsolved puzzles in the world is right there on the grounds, and it's this sculpture about 30 years old, and it's a huge metal wall, and into the wall are carved a bunch of symbols, uh, letters, and they're a code, they're a secret code, and the guy, the sculptor did it with a cryptographer, and the, and everyone thought it would be solved at, you know, in two days. It's at the CIA. That's their job. But no, it's been 30 years, and no one has fully solved it, uh, they've solved parts of it and parts of one, one part is seems like as like directions to a treasure. So there might be a treasure somewhere on the CIA grounds. It's all very unclear, but part of it is unsolved. And these people, I'm on a, a an online community of thousands of people who every day are sending in their theories like, Oh, I think it's, uh, it, you know, it's Dante's Inferno. It's, mm-hmm. or it's related to the NATO alphabet. You know, every day there are dozens of these theories and it's, it's hilarious. And, and this, the, um, the guy who created it is just loving the, that all these people are spending 
years of their lives, decades <laughs> of their lives devoted to this. Uh, and he actually, he's a brilliant businessman because you can email him your guess. You say, I think it's, you know, that, you know, Fidel Castro is king or whatever you want to guess. And he will answer, but you have to pay him $50. So, and all he does is say, nope, that's not it. Like he's the most highly paid writer in America. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm totally jealous. If someone gets it, has anyone ever gotten it? Well, they've gotten parts of it, but no one's ever gotten the final one. No. So he's, he's never had to, uh, you know, he's always just says no. And what I like about this, you know, it's kind of a crazy waste of human energy yeah. in one sense. But in the other sense, what I like about it is just the grit, like the tenacity of these people is inspiring to mm-hmm. me because I am very good at like, I'll look at a problem. I'll look, I'll try to help my kids with their math homework. And after like 90 seconds, I'm like, nah, I, I'm, I'm out. I think I give up. <laughs> and so I try to remember these people have been doing like, yeah the same thing for 30 years. So maybe I can have a little more tenacity and grit and hang in there a little longer. So they, they're kind of inspiring as well as crazy. <laughs> um, I really liked the detail in your book that uh, you were an, a clue or an answer mm. in the crossword puzzle in the New York Times Right. But initially it was the Tuesday edition. No, no, wait, I'll tell you. Okay. Uh, let me, let me, uh, what happened was, you know, I, I love puzzles from, from when I was a kid. And then like seven years ago, I was a clue. Like you say, the answer to a clue in the times crossword puzzle, it was author AJ blank. Then the answer was Jacob. Right. So I'm like, this is the greatest moment of my life. Yeah, which, I mean, that's, see, like, done. You've made it. Yeah, that's it. I thought, okay, I can retire now. You know, the birth of my kids, that's right. pretty good. This is the holy grail. That was the whole thing, just author A.J. Blank? It actually said, it was very, it was very flattering. It said, best-selling author A.J. Blank. Nice. So, uh, but then, so I'm, I'm riding high, but then my brother-in-law emails me, and he did congratulate me. I gotta be, I gotta give him props for that. But he also pointed out, he made a point of saying, you know, this is the Saturday puzzle. Oh, I puzzle. had it wrong. Right. So the Saturday mm-hmm. puzzle is the hardest puzzle of the week. It, it, the New York Times starts on Monday. is kind of kind of easy. And then the Saturday, all the answers are totally obscure. And no one's supposed to know them. So his point was, this is not a compliment. <laughs> this is proof that you're obscure and irrelevant. Like you shouldn't be celebrating this. <laughs> so then I'm like, oh God, he's kind of right. And so then I get depressed. But the twist is that you, that you, um, foreshadow was that. <laughs> yes, yes I, it was like a trailer for your story. You're welcome in a world where H.J. Jacobs is a clue. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Thank you, Allison. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, so I told that story on a podcast, not this one. Yes, uh, you do other much, podcasts. Much less interesting one. It was a boring <laughs> one. It's very boring. And uh, it happened that a New York Times crossword maker was listening to the podcast, and he said, "I, you know, I'm going to do this guy a solid. I'm going to put him in a Tuesday crossword where I don't belong. It's not Monday, but Tuesday is still like 
you know, that's serious people. That's like Lady Gaga and like people who you're actually supposed to know. And so I put it, I was in there. He said he had to do the other crossing clues, like super easy, like, you know, <laughs> like feline that begins with C and it's three letters, that kind of. So, but the, uh, but I'm in there. I, I was in there and that was, you know, sort of the highlight. And that's kind of, that was the anecdote that I begin the book with. Uh, and then I said, uh, because that did, I'd always love puzzles, but once I was in the Saturday, I became obsessed with doing yeah. them to see like, maybe I'll appear. Maybe I can work my way up. And <laughs> when I did, it was just a joy. Right. Then it's personal. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, Weirdly, I'm not – people always think that I would be into mm. Scrabble because I'm very into words. I'm not that into Scrabble. Mm-hmm. I'm not that into – I'm like semi into puzzles. I really like brain teasers and riddles and things like that. But I'm not that into all the other puzzles, which I deep down feel like is probably a sign of some sort of lack of some kind of intelligence in me or something. No. Really? No, that's crazy talk. That's crazy. Really? Well, I feel like all- every highly intelligent person – Love stuff like this. No. Well, first I mean, of all, thank you. But you, first of all, puzzles are such a big topic. I mean, it is, I see puzzles as anything that where it's, it, it inspires curiosity and you try to figure something out. So, you know, a thriller movie is a puzzle, a mystery, you know, Russian doll. I was just watching that. That's a fun puzzle. I, were you watching the first or second season? I watched the second and the first. I need to watch the second. I haven't started it yet. Yeah, same. Can I say one thing about my one critique of it is is, it seems like a very weird thing that she wouldn't just say, I had a a Groundhog Day experience and everyone would be like, oh. Like instead she says, and then I woke up the next day and I couldn't, you know, it was the same day. Right. Like, There's shorthand a, for it. Yeah. Is there a uni- Does their universe not have Groundhog Day? Does the Russian doll universe not have Groundhog Day? It's a good question. I. It's very important. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so I think uh, you do like puzzles. It's just uh, figuring out which kind of puzzle. But you do. You say you like brain teasers and riddles. Right. So can yes. you give me more specifics on what you mean by that? I mean the ones that. I always liked, and I'm always like searching for more like this. And I know you have a chapter on the on on brain teasers and and riddles and things in your book. Are like, um, uh, I mean, this is like a, a dumb example, but those ones that as a kid I would hear, which is like, you know, there's broken glass, water, and a dead body. What happened? Yes, I'm a fan of the the yes. lateral thinking. Is what like, that's, that's what, what some people called? call them. Yeah. yeah, I am a big fan of the lateral thinking. Right. And the, or like 52 bicycles. I forget the rest. Oh, do you know that yeah. one? Yeah, I do. I forget the rest of that one. But oh, yeah, I got the idea. Mm-hmm. Do we want to tell the people or just there are 52 bicycles on the on the floor or something? You know, right. What happened? And it's like someone uh, dropped a deck of cards. Yeah, there it is. Wait, can I give you because I do have a chapter on riddles, which I do feel are kind of the dorkier cousin of jokes. Like even yeah. the Riddler and the Batman, like he's not getting an Oscar. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he's not. But I do it there there are some of the oldest versions of puzzles. Uh and actually one of the old the oldest known riddle is a Babylonian riddle. Do you want to hear it? Yes. And maybe you read it. I was what gets what gets fat without eating and 
pregnant without having sex. Okay, I don't. I, I didn't read this one. The the riddle of the Sphinx, I know, but I didn't read this one. Well, that... this one. I just want to. I just want to manage your expectations. Okay. Like it might have been funny in like Babylonian times, right? In Babylonian, the language maybe had some inflections that were funny. It's not a hilarious answer. All right, fat without eating, and pregnant without sex. Fat right. Without Tony, you can weigh in too if you. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty stumped. I'm just going to throw it out because no do. one ever, yeah. gets, you know, unless you're Babylon. It's a rain cloud. A <laughs> rain cloud gets big. <laughs> you laughed. I like that you laughed. I have a very, very young sense of humor. It's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh at I parts that. too. So, um, well, that yeah, that's very that. stupid. But I enjoy uh, dumbness. Yeah. Okay. Hit us with another one. All right. But this one, what I actually liked is that there is. What I loved about this book is like, you know, going into these subcultures and just discovering people obsessed with all different. So the book is partly about that, like going on these adventures. Like I went to the Jigsaw Puzzle World yes. Championships. Wait, you competed. took your family as your teammates. I did. I did. Should I tell that or yes. should I tell you the dirty uh, medieval riddle? Uh, uh, which would you rather? Oh, which would you, well, which, let me would fin- you rather tell? Let me, let me finish the dirty medieval okay. riddle because... Uh, because we're on riddles and yeah. then we'll, it'll be more organized. Okay. And then we'll go to Jigsaw. But yeah, so I found all these and there's an entire academic discipline called riddle studies with like professors and journals and conferences where they analyze these riddles. So this one is from the 11th century. Uh, it's a British riddle and, uh, it was in old English. So this is sort of a, uh, an updated wording, but this is the riddle. You ready? Mm-hmm. And, by the way, keep in mind, this was written by monks. These were monks writing this. Okay, who am I? My stem is erect. I stand up in bed. I'm hairy down below. An attractive peasant's daughter grips me and attacks me in my redness, plunders my head. She feels my encounter directly. Her eye becomes wet. I, I read this excerpt. Oh, you did? Okay. Yes. So I know, but I was just like, what about Whoa! Tony? Does... <laughs> I, I couldn't no, believe it. I'm, I'm clueless what? again. You don't know? No. All right. Well, that's good. Because it's not a penis. If anyone out there is thinking it's a penis, then they are, you know, I don't Dirty know. What Dirty mind. Dirty mind. It is an onion. So it's like, you know, she's, it's got the hair is sort of like the strings on the bottom of the onion. It's in an onion bed. And then you cut it and your eye is wet. So, but I just love that these monks were making like ejaculation jokes uh, <laughs> and they were trying to screw with people's minds. Yeah. By I mean, saying like, you know, oh, it's your fault that you, you thought it was that. And it's not our fault. Whoever wrote that had to have been like, you guys. Check this out. It totally works. <laughs> it sounds just like a penis, but it's an onion. I mean, they must have been so proud of themselves. I know. And this was a, literally a thousand, more than a thousand years ago. Uh, so a dick joke from a thousand years ago. Maybe. I love it. Uh, that's what you get with this book. Uh, all right. So then, yes, one of my favorite adventures was uh, Jigsaws. Now, what's your take on Jigsaws, Allison? I interested. have never loved them. Um, now look, part, part of this is, I'm not proud. I'm not a very organized, neat, tidy person. So Mm -hmm. I don't always have 
vast horizontal surfaces mm. where it's easy for me to like hunker down with my thousand piece jigsaw puzzle. Um, so part of it is just it's a it's a practical thing that like right. where am I going to do this puzzle? Everything has piles of stuff on it. Um, but so but I've just never been. Somehow I'm always surrounded by people who love puzzles. Um, I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, the the it's beginning of the pandemic for everyone. I feel like old groups of people decided we should all get together and Zoom. And so mm. my old mommy and me group were like, let's get together mm. and Zoom. And then people would be doing puzzles while we Zoomed. Uh, not I. And you would judge them. Yes. A little bit. I decided <laughs> I'm going to remember this and mention it on a podcast in two, two and a half years. Um, but then I did start getting into puzzles hmm. a little bit. And so we actually in a cabinet have like six undone puzzles because that hmm. was a short-lived phase. I got into it a little <laughs> bit, a little bit, not like everyone else. Um, I wish I loved them like everyone else. I just find it to be well, listen. tedious and monotonous. Frustrating. Yeah, no, no shame. No, I, I actually start that chapter by saying it was always my least favorite type of puzzle. Because yeah. I thought, yeah, like you, a little monotonous, a little like dumb and like, like I called it the Larry the Cable Guy version of puzzles. Like, you know, just very broad. <laughs> yeah. But I, I want to retract that. I want to just say I am a convert. Like I feel that I was dismissive and snobby and I, I apologize to the jigsaw community because for two reasons. First, there are some jigsaws that are just so crazy, challenging and witty. Like I witty? did some puzzles that like made me laugh out loud. Yeah, it was weird because they would have these pieces that were so surprising. Like, it's it's not your average jigsaw. It's these like fancy wood carved mm. jigsaws by artists, and <laughs> but they would have they would have you know uh, pieces that you thought were borders, but they weren't borders. And uh, and I would laugh. You know, maybe my sense of humor had been. I, it was the <laughs> middle of the pandemic. So I was like right. desperate for any, but it made me laugh. But in addition to that, like seeing truly talented jigsaw puzzlers. Uh, uh, assemble a puzzle was, was really something to watch. And I saw that because, uh, when I was researching it, I, I noticed there is a, a world jigsaw puzzle championship and it was coming up and there were, uh, all these countries, uh, signed up. You know, there was Japan and New Zealand and India, but no USA. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll just, I'll fill in the application and then I'm, I'm sure I'll be screened out. I fill it in. The next day, they're like, okay, you're Team USA. Come show up here in this small town in Spain in two months. So I, I recruited my family, my, my wife and two sons, and they said they would do it as long as they didn't have to wear a uniform. And I was like, no uniform. I made them wear a uniform, which is <laughs> eventually they had a T-shirt with like an American flag jigsaw puzzle. They hated it. But in the... It was, it was crazy because we went there and there were like, you know, a hundred teams and from 50 countries and, uh, and they all had like, you know, their, their jigsaw tattoos and jigsaw, uh, skirts and they had, they had equipment. We were totally outmatched because they had like, you know, razors to cut the plastic oh, when, yeah. and they had trays. So we were just, 
trounced. We totally embarrassed the United States uh, and came in literally second to last. We did beat who one team. Wor- who, who, who was worse than America? Well, we beat one of the, um, the hometown Spanish teams. Oh. So, we, yes, that felt good. That felt good. But, yeah, we were second to last. And, um, and you know who won, unfortunately, was the Russian team, mm-hmm. the, Russian, the four women from Siberia. Uh, probably doping was the, uh, <laughs> that was our, <laughs> like Adderall is our guess. But actually, I will say, I, I want to take that back because they were very nice, these women. And part of, I wrote in the book long before the Ukraine war, I said, I hate Vladimir Putin. He's like a homophobic election meddling asshole. And I hate him. But these women, you know, seeing them in person and being able to interact, uh, I call it jigsaw diplomacy. You know, <laughs> like ping pong diplomacy was this thing back in the, I think it was the 70s when, when we played ping pong in China. And I felt it was the same thing, like being able to humanize and see people on a on a face-to-face level was actually quite touching. So anyway, that was my jigsaw experience, and I loved it. Uh, and I, I'm not obsessed with jigsaws like I am with crosswords, but I respect them. Have were you done these... it? Oh, oh were sorry. I just, want, I just wanted to ask one thing. Have you done one of them that it, there is just one solid color? Oh, yes, yes, the one side. And that is... Uh, there was a big trend of those in the 60s. There was one company that made them all and they would be like uh, Little Red Riding Hood's cape and it would be all red. Like yeah. that was their shtick. So I have done those. Um, uh, they seem, you know, like the saddest. I haven't oh, yeah, actually no, done them. Some... I just know they exist. Well, I will tell you the people they taught me, these high level people taught you, you have to do it by shape. So they would have these rows of three Audis and one Innie. That's mm. one row. Three, two Audis smart. and two any. They're very smart. Um, can I just tell you one other Please. jigsaw because it was Please. so heartbreaking? Is I interviewed this guy. He's an, he's a German uh, divorcee. Is the way they describe him in the newspaper. It seems a little condescending, but anyway, <laughs> he was. Hey, it didn't uh, work out for him. That should yeah. uh, That should mark him his, for the rest of his life. Right. <laughs> That's not his like identity. But anyway. He was very nice, and he spent the entire pandemic, he bought the world's largest jigsaw puzzle that had never been solved, 54,000 pieces of like 100 great works of art. And he spent the entire uh, pandemic doing it. He got up to the 53,999th piece, and he's looking, he can't find the final piece. (laughs) So it's like 50. It's just a hole right in the middle of, uh, I don't know, Leonardo da Vinci's painting. And it's just like, like, you know, I get stressed if it's like, you know, a hundred piece puzzle with a missing piece. Right. Like he spent it. So he, yeah, he said, I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. Like he was searching this vacuum cleaner bag. Uh, he finally did get the company to send him one. Uh, but I but thought that that same. was a, no, it's not. First, the same. he lost his wife. Right. Then he lost the peace. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's been a hard life. I will say, I kind of wanted him because part of my my 
one of my themes in the book is that like life is not perfect. It's okay. It's okay not to finish this puzzle. I am proud of you for not finishing those puzzles. That like you have six unfinished puzzles. I think that's fine. Uh, so I was like, just leave. I wanted him to leave it. I wanted him to be like a monument to yeah. imperfection. I like that. Uh, but he didn't feel that way. Yeah, he didn't. Um, I have more questions, but first I want to tell you guys, it's time we stop flushing our forests. It's estimated that mm -hmm. Americans flush over 10 million trees worth of toilet paper every year. And if you're using conventional toilet paper that comes wrapped in single use plastic, odds are you're using tissue that is cutting down trees from North American old growth forests. Real paper is looking to change that and is available online on Amazon and now in most targets nationwide. Real paper uses fast growing bamboo in their paper products instead of virgin tree fibers from our forests. Similar to the grass on your lawn, bamboo regenerates from the same root so they can harvest the same plant. This helps avoid problems like soil erosion, habitat loss, and most importantly, the massive release of stored carbon. Uh, so we use real paper, toilet paper. They also have paper towels. It's great because it's um, strong, but it's also soft. So it's like the perfect level of strength for what you need it for, but then it's also comfortable, comfortably soft. Uh, real is now available in most Target stores nationwide, Target.com and on the Target app. Target carries Real's convenient 12-pack box that is the perfect size to try out your new favorite tree-free paper. If you're looking for Real in a Target, it should be easy to spot. They'll be the only bamboo toilet paper and the only option that you'll find in 100% recyclable, plastic-free packaging. So let's stop flushing our forests and give Reels tree-free paper a try. Zero trees, zero plastics, zero compromise with Reel. That's nice. Isn't it that though? That seems like a nice product. Yeah. yeah. So AJ, these people at the puzzle convention, were they yes. cool? Were they cool people? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that very much depends on your definition of cool. Uh, I, I found them cool, uh, because, you know, I think they're funny and they, they are passionate about, uh, what they do. Uh, but certainly, yes, there is, there is a, a certain nerd factor to, uh, to people who do puzzles. Uh, but listen, I am a, you know, also, Remember that whole nerd chic thing, like where yeah. every supermodel was like, I'm a nerd. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I get, I think nerd has lost its negative connotation. So I'm, I'm fine with calling myself and puzzle people nerds. Um, and then also, is there a certain type of puzzle that you just can't, can't get into? Oh, that's a good question. I would say I'm not very good with the like I have terrible spatial reasoning. Uh, you know, I get lost in New York City, which is a grid. Mm -hmm. Uh, so how's your sense of direction? Oh, terrible. It is ter it's ridiculously terrible. I people have tried to explain that like when you go somewhere, you gotta do like bird's eye view in your mind, but I don't. I'm just I'm immersive. If someone if right. someone is directing me. I'm not paying attention. I'm just going turn by turn and there's no map being forged in my brain. Right. Yeah, that really is the secret. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I've tried to do that. I'm getting better. But but anyway, I'm not very good at the, the spatial puzzles. So there are this whole genre of puzzles. Uh, you know, Rubik's Cube is the most famous mm -hmm. where yeah. it's like with your hands and you got... What I did find interesting was 
I never heard of this genre called Japanese puzzle boxes, but mm-hmm. it's this crazy cult of people who will pay thousands, literally up to $50,000 for a little box the size of a shoe box. It's beautiful wood. And the puzzle is how do you open it? And there's nothing inside. You're not even going to get anything when you do open it. But it's the challenge of opening it. And sometimes you have to spin it. Sometimes, a lot of times you have to move slats in the, bu- mm. in the puzzle in a certain way. So like up to 150 times. Some of them you have to freeze, like they're really tricky. Um, but it was fascinating to see these people upset, including Darren Aronofsky. I huh. interviewed the, uh, the director of, uh, Pie. Pie and others who had commissioned the craziest desk ever created. He, he got this puzzle maker to make a wooden desk and it took the puzzle maker four years to make. Uh, and I interviewed him and it was kind of like an Aronofsky movie. The guy went crazy. Like he said, he he stopped talking (laughs) to his friends. He like gave up all his hobbies and he was just upset. And the desk contains dozens of puzzles and like you have to solve the, you have to move things on the desk in order to open the drawer. Oh, God. So, like, it's not the most practical, like, if you want to get a stapler out, like, it takes five hours. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, it's not, it's not for practical reasons, but it's, right. it's really quite it's a novelty. piece of art. Yeah. Do you consider escape? I mean, escape rooms are puzzles, right? Where do oh, they yeah, write? Yeah. Do you like those? No, well, they contain puzzles. And I, I have a section on them. Here, I'll give you my two favorite escape room facts. One is that I interviewed tons of escape room owners, and it turns out many of them have this one customer, a guy who comes in every week with a new woman (laughs) and pretends (laughs) that it's his first time at the escape room. And he's like, oh, it's like, I guess his theory is like, well, she'll see how good I am at like Morse code and she'll want to have sex with me. And I guess, you know, it must work enough times for it to be this common uh that's that's not a good use of puzzle the second fact i like about escape rooms is uh apparently a very popular demographic for escape rooms is nudists whoa yeah because you think about it like you know they can't go bowling they want to do a group activity you can't go to the movies right but an escape room you get in there like you ask permission and the escape room guys, all right. And then they get in, they take off their clothes, they do their escape room thing, and then they put on their clothes and leave. But it's something that they can do with, uh, without getting in trouble. So that I thought was a nice, a nice fact and a nice demographic. Have you ever done an escape room, either of you? Yes, but I did it with my clothes on. Um, <laughs> that's no fun. That's my friend really... Wendy, who has been on the show a number of times, so listeners will know who that is. Uh, she loves escape rooms, although it's, mm. I don't know if she's, it's probably been a while since she's done them, but years ago she was into them. So I went to a couple different ones with her. Um, and, uh, yeah, fun. I, I, I don't, I mean, they were new. I feel like you get, you get, if you, the more you do, the more you sort of, uh, begin to understand, like the thinking behind the different puzzles and probably get faster. I was still sort of like, I felt like I was like trying to get up to speed on what, is, what are we doing here? How does this all work? Right. Um, I know. Do you remember that the I, theme? Do you remember what the theme was? One, uh, I know it started out and we were like in a prison cell. That's a classic. Yeah. Um, sure. And the other one 
was a something like a haunted something or other. All right. Yeah. I enjoy him. I mean, I did feel for the people who put him on because they were telling me how hard it is because like, you know, there sometimes there are sockets in the room and people will think, oh, this is a puzzle and like stick their fingers <laughs> oh, in the socket. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's liability problems. Right. But uh, but overall, I I think they're fun. Like they are, you know, what I like about them is you doing them together. That is another one of my my themes is that puzzles bring people together. Right. That, like you can... You know, it's a nice team activity. And actually, I heard the uh, the inventor of Wordle speak at a crossword convention, and he told a very touching story that, like, maybe someone needs to option it or something about how this man, a gay man, was ostracized by his family, but he told the Wordle inventor it was Wordle that brought them back together. Like, they can all agree on Wordle, and they were, you know, once again a family. So that's, that's so nice. sweet. Yeah, see? I feel like he didn't get enough money for Wordle. Oh, he's an artist, though. He did it for the pure joy of it. But I think he got he got like a I thought it was a six figure. So he got something. He's okay. I think it was even a million, but I still feel like that's not enough. Well, that's true for the amount of the entire now, world. You, right, the entire world. I mean, it, maybe you, not, but are, it seems like it. And you? No. Yes. Wordle. Yes to Wordle. Mm-hmm. Uh. I was into it at the beginning and then I don't, I'm not into it anymore, except that recently someone was like, have you done, do you still do Wordle? And I said, no. And she's like, I can't get today's. And then I was like, aha, I'll see if I can do it. And that brought me back in for one day. But I'm surprised. (laughs) I feel like everyone else, including Tony, right? Still does it. Yeah, I love it. I actually almost posted earlier today that uh, I almost kind of, uh, this is, this is, I'm just going to say it. This is a brag. Uh, that I Please. kind of wish I wasn't as good at it as I am because I feel like I, I usually get them pretty quick. Interesting. And, uh, like burden. three or <laughs> yeah, I got, I got today's and two. So. Oh, wow. Two, Tony. Wow. I get two, yeah, I get it in two a lot. Do you have mm-hmm. a, a word you always start with? Yeah. Which is, is Oh, it? do I really want my secret out there? Yeah, I start, a good I start with those. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, taking that uh, wheel of fortune mentality of like, these are those, uh, a lot of these are those letters that they give you right. automatically. So. Well, I, yeah, I don't feel good about my first word. Uh, I got it because I read an article about an artificial intelligence that, that analyzed it and figured out the ideal first word. But it's a, ter- it's a terrible word. Uh, it's soar, S-O-A-R-E, oh, which is a young hawk. It's a young hawk, oh. and it's not pretty, and I, I just don't feel good about it. But I'm kind of addicted to it because I'm like, it does seem to work. Yeah, that's another. What's well, pretty similar to those? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And mine was so moist for a little while, and then Greg Fitzsimmons was like, "You, sh- his is naive because it's got more vowels in it." But I've- wait. Th- did you do moist just because it's like a famously gross word? I think so. Or- yeah. <laughs> and then I mentioned on the show that it was that I was doing moist for a little while, and then the next day it was moist was the word, and I was like, "This is insane." No, yeah, <laughs> you have power. Wow. Yes. Um, do you have a just me or everyone? Oh yeah, I do. I thought about these. All I'm right. excited. Okay. I'm very excited. Okay, we have a song. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. 
is it just me or everyone? All right. All right. So I I came up with five. So I'm just going to do four, like really quickly, okay. just list them. And then the last one, I think I'd, I'd like to hear your thoughts on. Okay. Like there's pee in the sink. I pee in the sink all the time because I feel it saves water and it's easier. You don't have to lift the lid. Uh, I watch movies on double speed. Uh, I don't know if other people do that. Um, I'll email myself a reminder and then get excited when I get an email because I forgot. I do that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a nice one. I'm like, oh, I'm popular. (laughs) Oh, it's me. (laughs) All right. So that. The the one that I I do I am interested in your feedback was um, every romantic comedy I see or romance in general I always think you know what are the chances these people will be together in five years like <laughs> like what or ten years like you know the graduate is one that just always comes to, I'm like there's they are lasting like three months tops and Pretty Woman like yeah, that. Forget it. Yeah. Forget it. I think I'm pretty cynical in that way, too. I don't know that I always do it with fictional couples. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I do. That, that's, pretty, that's pretty sad. But sometimes with real life, not all real life couples, but there are definitely right. real life couples where I'm like, I don't know about this one. How are my wife and I holding up? What's oh, you're your, doing You guys are great. Because, I mean, hello, scavenger hunts, puzzle guy. It all makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> all right, good. Thank you. Yes, my wife has a great scavenger hunt company, Watson Adventures. Uh, so, yes, that was my my, uh, my one. Thank you. But do you happen to – is there anyone you'd like to tell off? Yes, I do have one of those, too. Okay. Um, uh yeah, well, actually, this is interesting. I thought about this because one of the another one of the themes of the book is that I, I'm trying to lower my anger. Uh, so I, I say, you know, treat the world like a puzzle instead of a war. Like, so get curious, not furious. Mm-hmm. So, hey, go fuck yourself. It's more like, you know, please go exam, re-examine your priorities, you motherfucker. That kind of thing. So that would be my go fuck yourself or re-examine is. Um, uh, well, I do get very upset, uh, going back to movies that Hollywood seems to celebrate truly awful and cruel behavior by their characters as something romantic. And I, th- cause every time I see, like we watched Titanic a couple of weeks ago with my kids. And if you haven't seen it, turn down the volume for 30 seconds, but I would think you've seen it. Uh, so at the end, Rose takes the diamond necklace and chucks it into the water. What the fuck? <laughs> I looked it up, like, and the estimates from diamond experts is that's a $200 million diamond. So she could have sold that diamond and saved thousands, literally thousands of lives. Tens of thousands of kids in Guatemala are blind because this selfish bitch decided that she wanted to do this romantic gesture. And it, and it's like supposed to be great. Like you're supposed to be like, Oh, that's wonderful. And, uh, yeah. So that, that's just one example, but it happens in, you know, I would say half movies, like 
the Adam Project. We just watched that. And, you know, this is not really a spoiler, but he, he saves his wife over, even though it's threatening the entire universe. Like mm. he decides like, Oh, she's my wife. I love her. I'm going to try to save her. Even the, and that's in every, that's like in 10 rings. That was another Marvel movie where he's like, Oh, I'm going to risk the entire fate of humanity and, and all of the universe because I'm going to save my sister. And this is supposed to be noble, but no, fuck you. You are risking my life, my kids' lives, billions of future people because you can't let go of your sister, who I'm sure you love. Sure, she's great. <laughs> but it's like, have a little perspective. Have a little perspective. And this is not something to be rewarded. Anyway, that that's my thought on uh, who should go fuck themselves. So then say, um, so hey, Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Hey, Hollywood, go fuck yourself. Have some morality that's a little more rational instead of rewarding these people who are being cruel. They're being cruel and selfish. Yeah, Hollywood. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, go, go fuck yourself. I remember that scene because she makes this like when she throws the diamond in the water, she goes, eep. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that was she, like, weird. Eeps. Yes, I remember. I remember that same like you didn't have to throw it. It's like with Elon <laughs> Musk. Like, OK, OK, Mr. F- bazillions of dollars. <laughs> There's better uses of your money. That is true. <laughs> I would think that's true. Uh, oh, wait, before we go, can yes. I just say one other thing sure. about my book? Because I'm very excited and I feel I can boast about it because I didn't really do it. And that is I, uh, I hid a secret code in the introduction to the book. And if you put that code into the website, which is thepuzzlerbook.com, you will on May 3rd or, but you can get it after. Be be uh, enter into a crazy what's called a puzzle hunt, which is dozens of these wild puzzles that are like mind benders and uh, and crosswords on steroids and and if you finish all of those, the first one to finish those wins ten thousand actual dollars. Wow! So it's a contest, no purchase necessary. The introduction is available for free. I want my lawyers to hear me say that in America. <laughs> uh, but I love it because the pe- I didn't write the puzzles. I, I teamed up with these five brilliant puzzle makers who are just like, their minds are so warped and twisted. They're like Darren Aronofsky. And so I want everyone to enjoy those puzzles because they are like mind, mind bending. They're great. Uh, so the puzzlerbook.com go to that and then you can have access to. So wait, I, okay. So I have the advanced uncorrected proof copy of the book. You're saying there's a code hidden in the introduction or in the introduction? Like is the code hidden? It is hidden. So you have to find the code somewhere in the introduction, which is the first puzzle. Really? If you think about finding the code, that's, that's the first, but on the puzzlerbook.com website are all these hints. Oh. Like, uh, or on okay. actually the contest. You click on the contest website and there's a paragraph of so hints. I, sh- I should go so to you the can't website. Do that. And also don't use that version. I purposely kept it out of that version. Oh, 
So then no wonder I can't so, find it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you, you kept it out of this version now. so people didn't have have uh, a, Yeah, I didn't want to have a, a head start, even for you, whom I love. I know, I, I feel happy to, slighted. I'm sorry. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> but it is for free on the website. <laughs> you don't have to do it. Um, so check that out if you're interested. I'll be okay. I was so taken aback by the fact that you kept the code out of the introduction for me personally. <laughs> AJ, it was, it was so nice to have you back on the show. Um, so tell everyone where they can find you. Uh, well, everyone knows they need to go get the puzzler, which they can get it wherever books are sold. What is the official date the book comes out? It came out three on, uh, oh, we don't know when this is airing. It's airing it Monday. Came- Oh, it came out last week. Okay, on, uh, so it's freshly fresh. out. So new. Okay, great. Go get this book. Go get all of your other books, too. Uh, anything Thank else you, you. want to mention? Your social media, website, blah, 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 all that. The usual. AJ Jacobs at Twitter and my website. Uh, but I just want to say I love being on this show. And uh, I wish I were there in person. Uh, I remember... Didn't we do one like in a hotel room? Yes. Yes. The first time we were in a studio, the second time you were, it was like you were staying at the, at a hotel in Beverly Hills, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wasn't paying for it, but it it was was nice fancy. It was very, very fancy. Yeah. I think it was like, yeah. Entertainment Weekly or Esquire is paying. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. That was fun. That That came and I, yes. Very glamorous. I had just had a baby. Um, and, uh. I remember I was like, you were saying if someone gave you the option of like, you could, you know, either your baby dies or 10 strangers die, you know, everyone would choose to kill the strangers. And I was saying something like I was so fresh to having a baby that I was saying something about like, you know, I I keep imagining all these, I also had postpartum depression. I keep imagining all these scenarios where someone comes in is like your baby or your dog. And you were like, you would have trouble choosing between that? And I'm like, well. <laughs> like, you know what? I, I didn't have a dog at the time. Now I understand. Now I understand. And I, I, I was dogs. like, no, I'm trying to come up with a way that I could like save all of them. But I know, but I mean, now many years later, it's like, obviously, I mean, it's, it's a horrible scenario that I was torturing myself with. But like, obviously, you choose your children but obviously, but you know, no one is going to make you choose this anyway. But still, but in case that your children are listening in the future, yes, so your mom. <laughs> I know my d- does prefer you right. over a dog. Yeah, whereas my so my dog only listens to Mark Marin. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much. Thank you, uh, I loved it. listeners. If you like what you're hearing, please make sure you subscribe. Leave us a nice comment on Apple Podcasts or a mean one. But I prefer the nice ones. Uh, I'm on Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen, where you go for all that stuff. You subscribe for a year, you get two months free. That's a good uh, deal. And uh, listen to my other podcasts, Upworthy Weekly and Childish. And I have a newsletter that's free, allisonrosen.substack.com. Tony, what about you? Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Tony Thaxton. Uh, and my show, Bizarre Albums, every Tuesday. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we're getting close to Motion City Soundtrack Tour time, about a month away. So yeah, be every, everywhere in the US and the, and a couple of UK shows also. So get those tickets if you don't have them yet. Do it. All right. Thank you again, AJ listeners. Thank you for listening. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about? 
and rose and show. Rosie is your new best friend.